one and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. For various reasons, I've been watching quite a lot of television set in and around Scotland over the past couple of months, and, as it rather luckily turns out, for many similar reasons, so as one of our regular visitors to the programme, and, even more luckily, that visitor is Sandy McGregor, which means that we can safely talk about all manner of things related to Scottish-made and Scotland-set television without much risk of upsetting anybody. Well, at least he can. So over the course of the next hour, we talk about a wide range of Scottish-based dramas such as Tutti Frutti, Your Cheatin' Heart, The Crow Road, Sunset Song and Sutherland's Law. We also briefly skirt around the knotty issue of those classic crime dramas Taggart and Rebus, give a nod to Still Game and, don't worry, Take the High Road does at least get a mention. We'll also be touching upon representations of Scotland on television generally and those pesky local variations and whether they tended to annoy a youngster growing up north of the border. And we'll also be considering at least a few of the issues raised in Sanjeev Kohli's excellent programme, Was Like Us. So for one week only, we're setting the desktop pattern of the Fab Radio International TARDIS to Tartan and adding a tincture of whiskey to the power plant behind our time engines and heading northwards via the high roads and low roads to take a peek inside that tin of finest shortbread that your Uncle Sandy won in the Hogmanay raffle. Welcome to the White Heather Club. Do you never get fed up seeing that? What, bread and butter? No, hello, good evening, how are you, and welcome to the White Heather Club. Maybe, hello, good evening, how are you, and welcome to the White Heather Club to you, Harry, but it's bread and butter to me. Ah, no, I know you're kidding. <laughs> you just like seeing it. Ah, so I do. Hello, Sandy, how the heck are you? Um, very well, Martin, how are you? Oh, ticking along, man, ticking along. Just about audible. Very good. So, uh, you and I have both been watching quite a lot of, well, Scottish made dramas, Scottish themed dramas. Yeah. And as I, I had been watching them and I thought, well, who can I talk to about <laughs> Scottish dramas? And I thought about Warren, who's based in Dorset. So I thought, yeah. yeah, that won't work. Who do I know that have, might have some Scottish roots? I thought. And, uh, and lo and behold, finally, yes. 15th on my list. No, no, that's not. <laughs> I thought McGregor, McGregor will have something to say about, uh, about Scottish television. Certainly will, certainly will, Martin. So what have you been watching, Sandy? Yeah, well, I mean, I've been uh, going through the uh, the kind of the, the BBC classic series that they've been uh, mm. uh, that, that they've been shown. I mean, we've we've had a number of mm. discussions yeah. outside of or out with, as we say in Scotland, out with ah, right. very Scottish word that. Apart from the discussions we have in here about the kind of the, the great BBC archive programmes that they've dragged mm. out for a hundred years of the BBC, and yes. there have been three classic Scottish series on there, I would say. Three, okay. Which are the Sunset Song. Sunset Song. Okay. Sun- the, I'll try and say that again. Sunset, Sunset Song. Song. Yeah, right. we're trying to avoid things with F's in a Martin. I understand. Yeah, I understand you're dentally challenged at the moment. I'm uh, well. Yes, some might say I always have been, but there we go. 
<laughs> and also The Crow Road. And Crow Road. Based on the, uh, the novel by Ian Banks. Mm. And also Tutti Frutti. Tutti Frutti. Now, Tutti Frutti oh, is written by uh, written by John Byrne, which which John also kind of ties yes. into the, uh, the the late lamented Robbie Coltrane, as it was Indeed. probably one of the probably one of the programmes that really broke him out as a as a national as an actor, a, a teleactor. Tele-actor. Yes, yeah. I mean, obviously, prior to Tutti Frutti, he'd done a lot of comedy appearances. Yeah. I don't know he'd necessarily headed up a comedy show at that stage, but certainly he'd done a lot of comedy appearances. Yeah, and and I don't think. We'd have got something like Cracker if we hadn't had Tutti Frutti showing you know, no. him as an actor. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's, I mean, he was an actor rather than necessarily a comedian. Yeah. But I think it, there's a there's a definite pigeonholing that goes on, isn't there? And, yes. And I think once someone they've seen that you can do serious drama, yeah. Suddenly mm-hmm. people go, oh, hang on, he's a big fella. Yes. We, we, we need somebody built like a brick. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tutti Frutti was one of those... Tutti Frutti? Tutti Frutti? No, I, must, I can't do that, not when I'm talking to you. Uh, no. Tutti Frutti was one of those series that disappeared forever. Yes. It was really quite difficult to watch, and not because it was difficult to watch, but just it hasn't been widely available for such a long time. No. And, and then suddenly all six parts pop up on the iPlayer at Christmas time. Yeah. Well, I was overjoyed. Yes. So I sort of went straight. I can't remember whether I told you or you told me, but it was kind of like, yep, Tutti Frutti's available. Let's yes. get in there and watch it. Yeah. Indeed. And uh, yes, so impressed was I by watching it again that I thought I'd better get the DVD of it because... Because it's going to vanish again, it, Yes, it, it will, you know, yeah. it will, like a bit like Haley's Comet or something like that, it will mm. come round every so often. <laughs> and then you go, oh... Whatever happened to that? So it's uh, John Byrne puts a very personal touch in it. He, he tends to make the title sequences yeah. as well, doesn't he? And and has a lot of artistic input into the way the show's promoted. I think he did a, a Radio Times cover, and yeah. I think there's a few paintings that he did that were yeah. based around. I mean, he is he is a a polymath, I believe, is that is a correct a polymath? Because I mean, his originally he was a painter. Uh, right. Was, you know, he went to art college and did mm. did a lot of paintings. Was it perchance the Glasgow School of Art that he went uh, to? I think it. it might, I can't struggle to remember. Mm. <laughs> it okay. could be our Glasgow School of Art, of course, featuring in Tutti mm. Frutti. Mm. But yeah, so he was a kind of uh, a painter, and you know, his. I went to see an exhibition on his work, mm. which was on at the Kelvin Grove Museum in Glasgow mm. uh, about six months ago, and. Mm. You know the the collection of the paintings are fascinating. He worked mm. a lot with Billy Connolly, right? Uh, designed kind of album sleeves, album sleeves for Jerry Rafferty, some of the classic okay. Jerry Rafferty stuff, and was a painter. Did mm. all kind of wonderful stuff. In fact, mm. there, was, there was a great piece of uh, he did a, a mural back in Partick mm. in the nineteen seventies, which was continually mm. getting vandalised and then getting painted mm. over. And right. eventually it was dobbed with the words, The artist may have gone away, but Tiny Partick is here to stay. Tiny Partick <laughs> <laughs> Which which he thought was wonderful. Uh Fair enough. he then he then wrote three plays which are called the Slab Boys trilogy, mm. which are based on his experiences in the kind of the late sixties and the slab boys were in the kind of the wallpaper industry in Paisley, if I remember rightly. So they were kind of okay. the guys who worked in the uh, the kind of preparing the paints and doing the stencils and stuff like that. It was mm-hmm. all based on and 
that would be in the 70s wrote the, the Slab Boys trilogy and it's mm. it's tied into kind of 1950s rock and roll mm-hmm. uh, people who work in art ordinary people mm. Uh, mm. and you know that they are certainly the first play there's a film of the Slab Boys and second one Cutting a Rug can't think what the third one is for the moment mm. so he was a kind of a known polymath already you know, <laughs> before he did. There's a lot of, within certain television and film, there's an awful lot of connection between writing and art, isn't there? there? Yeah. There seem to be a lot of artists who become writers and a lot of writers who become artists, or or at least they have the two strands going on. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, obviously that 50s thing you just mentioned, in many ways loosely ties into another one of your heroes, which is Dennis Potter and Dennis Potter and Lipstick, yes. which is being said mm-hmm. in the 50s. So there is a kind of weird connection going yeah. on there, which we're not going to dwell on, but I just thought it was an interesting thing to mention. But also, I know you're a fan of uh, Alistair Gray, isn't yes, it? Yes, Alistair Gray and Gray, the Lanark uh, and And again, that was art and words combined yes. as well. So it's, yeah. it's, it, it is a, a definite trend in, in, within... Certainly, within it seems within Scottish culture, I'm not, yeah. I'm not so sure it's so widespread in in yeah. in the in the broader picture. But certainly, you know, people who do fine art and writing, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they do seem to go hand in hand, at least. Shall yeah. we say. So when Tutti Frutti kind of came on board, 1987, mm. uh, right. you know, he was, you know, if you said to people in Scotland, John Byrne, he was a definite mm. kind of, uh, you know, people knew who he was, yeah. and do we know how it came about that he was approached for this? I don't. I don't. Or did honest. he approach no. the BBC with the? Or did he just write these scripts and try and? Uh, you know, yeah. Is it a commissioned thing or was it? Oh, that's a good idea because it's BBC Scotland specifically, yes. isn't yeah. it? Make this. I mean, you know, BBC Scotland had been making dramas since the, the kind of well, since forever, yeah, for, forever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. But the. You know, a lot of kind of the work. did they not go national? Yes, I, I think that, that's probably kind of fair comment mm. that you know they were very much by Scottish, Scottish people for Scottish, Scottish people. people. Yes, yeah. kind of mm. that mm. one. So to get a kind of big national drama series on mm. prime time TV, you know, like kind of the, yeah uh, in the evening was you know quite mm. a quite a shock. You know, mm. uh, you know there weren't many had gone through that mm. but it was uh it was kind of fascinating to to watch mm. it again because mm. you know the, the cast uh, is quite mm. it's quite the piece isn't it i mean basically it's the story of a, a down at heel rock and roll band whose yeah. whose leader has died yeah. <laughs> in the opening episode just before the opening episode uh the band leader and his look-alike younger brother yeah. turns up and gets sort of roped into yeah the band, as it were, really, doesn't yeah. it? And, and how that unfolds. He also... What's the name of the band again? The Majestics. The Majestics, that's right, yes. And the Majestics include the delightful Morris Roves, or Reeves, yes. or Roves, depending on how you want to pronounce <laughs> it, and, uh, <laughs> and and several other players. Um, Stuart McGugan, Stuart McGugan yeah, famous from mm. Ain't I Fought Mum. Indeed, um, yes, right, indeed. And Jake Darcy, who is mm. one of these guys who has done such a lot of work Everything. in Scotland. Yeah. Uh, mm. You know, he crops up in all kinds of things. You know, mm. he ended up in Still Game. Like, like oh, okay. a lot, you know, Still Game, incredibly popular mm. comedy programme in Scotland. I mean, it's gotten mm. quite famous these days for its, its kind of, its comedy programmes. Yes. Uh, you know, Jake Darcy, you know, cropped up mm. in uh, 
in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Emma Thompson, who again wasn't really a particularly known person at that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was mm-hmm. just gonna... and she'd done a couple of those Footlights yes. uh, programs, yeah. and she again light comedy kind of things really. But again, this probably did quite a lot. I mean, this is it's only a couple of years before Fortunes of War, so yeah. it must have been a, very much the stepping stone to serious drama. I, I, yeah. Now, um, Emma Thompson in this has a, a has an unpleasant boyfriend. I mean, it's, it's actually quite... This, it goes into quite dark yeah, places, doesn't it? As, yeah. as a kind of series, the first couple of episodes, mm. you think it's just a kind of... Light and frothy. Light and frothy, and then it kind of really does get pretty dark and it's in pretty dark areas uh, i think that there's an interesting progression through tutti frutti is how is uh, what what's uh morris rose character called uh he's called vincent driver ha, uh, Vin, vd yes because it, 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 it takes him a long time to get the vd joke in but john Byrne doesn't miss that one at the end <laughs> <laughs> i'll never forget so, i'll yes, never forget so, you vd <laughs> But there's a wonderful game you can play with how is is Vincent going to get hurt this week? <laughs> it, it does take an absolute battering in it, does, uh, uh, does Vincent. And he's it, it not a particularly, well, none of them are particularly sympathetic characters, mm. are they? You know. mm. Well, there's also, of course, the rather fabulous um, <laughs> Richard, Richard Wilson, Wilson features as their, yeah. their manager and uh, yeah. erstwhile uh, booking. Uh, um, yeah. Manager, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, uh, mm, yes, that's an interesting role as well, isn't it? Because again, at that point, he'd done a lot of sitcoms, and he obviously went on to become Victor Meldrew yeah. and everything like that. I actually think a lot of people, when uh, Meldrew turned up, they weren't convinced he was Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> but both him and Margaret were Scottish, you know, yeah. Um, uh, Annette Crosby. Annette Crosby, thank you. Yeah. You got on this today, well done. Well, they were they weren't living in suburban Scotland. They had no. sort of obviously yeah. they were mm-hmm. they were doing that thing of moving down south. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's a great double act between Richard Wilson mm. and mm. Katie Murphy as as Miss mm. Toner, <laughs> mm. who was an unknown at the time. You know, a complete mm. unknown. She just done kind of yeah. extra work, and mm. you know, it's a, a great comedy performance from. Uh, mm. Katie Murphy in that one, mm. you know, as, as is much put upon mm. PA. So. Mm. It very much on one level, it's a love story, and very much on another level, it's a tragedy, and very much another level, it's about life's disappointments, yeah. really, isn't it? It's a, it's a multifaceted piece, shall we say. Yeah. But it's uh, I, I I really enjoyed Tutti Frutti. You know, I, yeah. you know, I, I heard such good things about it. And you know, when you've heard really good yeah. things about a show for so many years, you do kind of think, yeah. oh, well, I'm going to put it on and I'm going to go, what oh, is that it mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it was a really fascinating yeah. piece of work, you know. And obviously there, there are these scenes in the old Before It Burnt Down Glasgow School of Art, yeah. which, uh, which features quite heavily in a couple of the episodes. So I don't know. I mean, have you lived long in, in your life in Glasgow? Have you spent a lot of time in Glasgow? Yeah, but, but, bits of Glasgow I know better than mm. others. I mean, I, I went to university there, mm. to Strathclyde University, but that mm. was kind of, that was 79 to 83. Mm. And it was mm. in a, a very specific area you know mm. around the uh the kind of the mm. center of glasgow uh mm. which isn't really touched on in tutti frutti that much because mm. i mean a lot of tutti frutti they're on the road aren't they mm. and you know they get yeah. so they, you get to see the sights of scotland <laughs> and i will say the uh the music in it is fantastic mm. you know the kind of the rock and roll mm. blended with also the uh that kind of tendency to go to the uh, the kitschy scottish music of uh mm. 
bagpipes and accordions and stuff like that. Ah, New Year's Eve, Andy Stewart. <laughs> so the uh, yeah, I mean the 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 guy who did the music for it is Andy Park, who is quite a well-known character in Scotland. Uh, Isn't that the reason why one one of the reasons why it didn't get re-released for a long time was messing with the lyrics? Or it, it, might, it might be. Yeah. Mm. I think there's a documentary I saw about it, and right. it just sort of says, you know, it was because they changed the lyrics of, of one of the songs, it becomes, it became a, a, a hot potato, oh, as they might say. <laughs> Not a deep-fried hot potato, no. <laughs> nevertheless, but, but it did mean that it was difficult to get the rights released right. and everything like that. So, yeah. Although I was surprised, actually, to discover how it was still reasonably freely available on, on uh, DVD, because, you know, I thought it'd be one of those ones that had been released 15 years ago, sold about 15 copies, yeah. and then got mm -hmm. deleted and, yeah. and and if you wanted it you'd have to pay about 90 quid yeah. for it but uh, yeah it's still basically, reasonably yeah, yeah for a, for a, kind of the, the price of a kind of a, a nice cup of coffee somewhere you've uh, you've got yourself something that you can uh, you sometimes get that though with these shows it's it's you know if they're really sought after they're yeah. really shows that people that's price can skyrocket but actually something i, I hate i hate to say tutti frutti was forgotten because i'd heard of it and yeah. lots of other people have heard of it it's just that it's sort of well getting on for 40 years old yeah. and and sort of you know one of those yeah. shows because it didn't get repeated and repeated i mean people i mean other shows we've talked about on this show is you know like the dennis potters they do tend to be talked about quite a lot yes. but i don't know if tutti frutti was in the conversation yeah. as much and I, I think to a certain extent the thing that he made afterwards that john byrne made afterwards was mm. your cheating heart your cheating heart which i've been watching this week oh, right. yes. you're just ahead of me because i'm mm. waiting to put yeah. the uh, <laughs> waiting to put the disc in and that, i'm about halfway through it actually yeah, yeah and that, yeah. that was not nearly so well received it's a lot darker. Yes, I mean, at I mean, least so I far. I haven't said darker. how dark Tutti Frutti is. We're now going. Well, there's, there's lightness and darkness in uh, Tutti Frutti, uh, and and obviously there's some cracking comic lines and everything yeah. like that. And you know, you, you could argue that the entire show is about, you know, the the strange looking large guy gets the girl. So you know, it's kind of that could be yeah. the thrust of the whole thing. It's actually got. It's in many ways, it's a program about hope. Yeah. And I kind of get the impression of what I've seen so far of your cheating heart. It's possibly about the, um, it's more about despair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but do you get, a, I mean, does it look like the Glasgow you remember when you watch these things? I mean, do you, do you feel a sense of nostalgia for it? Uh... See, I get, so I sometimes get when I'm watching things like, ironically like Cracker, when I see old Manchester, yeah. I tend mm -hmm. to get that. Cause that's the Manchester I, Used yeah. to know when I was going out in Manchester, and and I get that sort of nostalgic kick, and I imagine that actually, you know, that, but I mean, I know that Manchester doesn't look a lot like no. that anymore, mm -hmm. and it's the same. I suspect with Glasgow, it, it probably looks very different. Yes, it, or, it, it or maybe, does. Yeah. yeah, I think I probably got it more with Crow Road. I think mm. because Crow Road went to places uh, around Glasgow that I did know. Mm. Uh, mm. A lot better, like strange enough, like the Crow Road itself, which is mm. a kind of a street I have driven up and down and parked on uh, many times. But, yeah. <laughs> well, that is the delight of the Crow Road. I mean, Crow Road also turned up over Christmas on the, the iPlayer, and four-part story. Yep. Although it's mm -hmm. the iPlayer version is two parts for bizarre reasons. <laughs> I couldn't quite figure that one out. You know. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, if you've got, you know, you could put it out as four-part, but yeah. they didn't. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, and that of course features one of uh, the, the Glasgow School of Arts alumni, Mr. Peter Capaldi. Yes. Of course. <laughs> but um. 
again, I got the impression uh, when you were talking about it to me off air. Yeah. Uh, you were really impressed with the Crow Ring. Yes. I mean, it's, again, we're talking something that is best part of 40 years, 40 years old. Is it mm. 30 years old? Sorry. Yeah. And had you read the book? Yes, I, I book read. Yeah, read? I'm a big Ian Banks fan. I mm. think he, as a writer, he mm. blows a bit hot and cold. Mm. And you know, I think his his best stuff and Cool mm. Road may well be his mm. his best novel. You know, mm. I think it is it is fantastic. Wasp Factory is great. Yeah. Wit. Espadare Street, of course. Yeah, less keen on things like uh, Canal Dreams. Song of Stone was a yeah, tricky one and, for me. Uh, I found Song of Stone a bit was it dead uh, abstract. Yeah, so the he, bridge. Yeah, he's kind of you know he, he wrote. Uh, I mean, uh, he obviously wrote his uh, his kind of earthbound things, and then he did mm. the E and M banks with the, the science mm. fiction and I'm, I'm yeah. not a big. That's Glasgow in space. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not kind of so, not so big on. Uh, <laughs> Kind of uh, sci-fi, yeah. but I think I've read all of the uh, the, the Ian Banks mm. novels, and mm. you know, Crow Road is a really good story, and it's uh, mm. unlike uh, like your cheating heart. It also has a particularly Scottish sense of humour in it, just as mm. kind of quite gallows humour. Uh, about yes. kind of what just the situations and what people say. Well, it's the whole thing. I mean, the book starts in the same way. It's that uh, the, my grandmother exploded at her funeral yeah. kind of thing, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> cool. I, I think once you've taken your story and it starts there, it, you know, yeah. you know what you're in for. You're in for a very surreal ride. I think it's it's a kind of it's. It's almost the story of a family that are prone to accident, shall we yes, say? Yes, very <laughs> unfortunate. Much so, yeah. A series of unfortunate events, but they are, um, they are an eccentric Scottish family. Yes, and I think Banks specifically works best, I think, when he's actually dealing with a more real, real worlds. I think yeah. that's the thing that that. The, 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 I say stories like Espadare Street. They feel grounded, and and the grounded ones, they, I think they just they work better as as stories yeah. uh, i'm surprised more banks hasn't been adapted really yeah is it in is it inception they filmed i think mm. there is there is a mm. film of one of them uh, mm. or possibly more than one but mm. you know you'd go a, i think you'd go a long way before you could find something as good as as the crow roads i mean it's, it's rec you know mm. there was a kind of theory that it was unfilmable but mm. I noticed that Ian Banks says it's like it's it's better than the book, you know. Mm. So you know he recognises that it was a you know a fantastic TV series. I think it's interesting that certainly uh, without getting too much into spoiling the actual plot, that one of the characters in it appears in it a lot despite being uh, well <laughs> not there, yes. shall we say, yeah. and. And some of the the ways that happens with the character sort of suddenly appearing in the background of shots, or uh, I've seen it done a couple of times since in other things where you know people are being haunted yeah. by their imagination. But this feels like the definitive "let's show you how to do it" thing. Yeah. There's a there's a wonderful bit where where they're walking down the they are actually walking down the Crow Road, I believe, yeah. and then mm -hmm. and suddenly he's just not there, and it's all yeah. done in camera. There's mm -hmm. no there's nothing special effectsy about it. No one does a mysterious twinkle. No. And, or Star Trek beam or anything beam beam uh, they just they aren't there and they are there yeah. and I just think it's really cleverly staged that yeah and the uh, the kind of uh, the, the scenery 
when they go round the mm. uh, the Argyle coast where mm. it's filmed, it's just like it's a visual delight. You know, you get the contrast between mm. Glasgow and that, and mm. and you're never in any. You know, it, it chops and changes from as we say reality to mm. imagination and through mm. different time frames from like being children to mm. before Rory's disappearance mm. to the current day and you never feel lost in it you always feel no. you know where you are where you are it's not yeah i mean it's interesting that again because obviously not wanting to harp on about potter but that sort of playing with multiple timelines thing it's very deft in the crow road it's in fact in many ways it feels more deft in the crow road than it does in something like the sing detective to a, yeah. to a degree mm-hmm. but uh, i mean the cast in in crow road I mean, you've got bill patterson of course yeah. you've got do grace scott what do you think of do grace scott as a stand-up comic uh it is very 1990s stand-up comic isn't it you know it's amazing isn't it you actually think you know someone must have written that routine for him but it feels very familiar it's like he was born to it in some ways yeah and you know very interesting that again that that is evocative of the time uh joseph mcfadden yeah young who yeah he again he was he was a guy who came from uh a soap in scotland Mm. he wasn't really much of a much of a star compared to you know you look at the the kind of the big hitters in the uh, mm. in the rest of the uh, the cast and mm. and he's great you know he he more mm. than holds his own in that one he's entirely mm. believable as mm. this kind of slightly confused young man it's a mashing up isn't it of sort of like not I want to say teen comedy but te- but teen angst yeah I mean you you could almost say that there's a hint of slightly older Gregory's a girl thing going yeah. on there you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> but also mixed with a murder mystery and and the corruption of power and the corruption of wealth and yeah. the corruption of mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing yeah. uh so yeah yeah you know he's if he never does anything else in his life he's got that there in mm. his CV as a mm. as an absolute you know mm. Master performance. Had you seen Crow Road at the time it was first on? So, or was this a, a, a this was a new one? Oh no, I, I, I watched it when mm. it was on in the uh, mm. in the kind of the mid nineties, mm. and I, mm. I remember I had a friend who worked on the show as a kind of location mm. scout. Uh, Go to the nice bits of Scotland, yeah, please. Oh, that, that's not the hardest job in the world. <laughs> series series production management she's doing as is James. Oh, so. Excellent. And so good, good for all in that. It is it, as as a show. I what got me was I I watched it at the time. I think I had a VHS of it, which I still have on a shelf yeah. somewhere, gathering dust. But watching it again, I was I was astonished. What I'm thinking, why I'm, I I've been watching this every year since. Mm. You know, it's it's yeah. an astonishing piece of work. I, I thought it was a really tight four episodes, beautifully played, yeah. mm-hmm. beautifully shot. Uh, all made sense. Didn't feel flabby. Didn't feel that anything was missed out. No. It just mm-hmm. felt like a very taut piece of drama. Yeah, and, uh, and I've got to say, young, young Joe seems to get on with some uh, fantastic women. He's got great taste in women. <laughs> we should say that. Ah. Uh, from the, you just the one. Yeah, the it one. is. It, I actually, weirdly, it is a little bit, a little bit raunchier than Two uh, Fifty on, on the whole. Isn't in, it? in some ways, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, with his lusting after uh, the wonderful Verity, and then uh, mm. Ashley and uh, Auntie, Auntie Janice. 
very strange relationship with very strange Auntie Janice. Indeed. Auntie Janice turned up after we'd watched Crow Road. Actually, turned up in a Sherlock Holmes we watched right. as, as a as a suffragette, <laughs> and I thought, yeah, this almost when, when you talk about people in range, you saw, there couldn't be much more contrast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think again, I think it's a very positive story. Crow Road. It feel it feels positive. I know in the end the bad guys. Well, they don't get punished, but they get, you know, they get their come up. Yes. Really, so mm. Yeah, they're not allowed to live scot free. So mm. I think that's the uh, that's the way to do it. Mm. Uh, and also, you know, as as you as you go down the cast, and they've got uh, mm. uh, Alex Norton, who of course mm. went on to. Uh, Taggart fame, didn't they? He was a... Again, he's one of those actors who's weirdly been turning up in a lot of the stuff I've been watching yeah. lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, you forget how ubiquitous some of these actors are, but he, um, when he was younger, you know, and playing playing hard cases and things yeah. and everything like that, you know, he was, he's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, think, I saw him. I saw him playing a barman throwing somebody out in that uh, film you put me on to. <laughs> <laughs> If you remember, he was he was interviewed in that uh, documentary you pointed me at. Oh yes, of course. He about was, yeah. Well, you see, the, well there is a theory, isn't there, about Scottish drama is basically Taggart and there's nothing else. No and people, would, <laughs> you know, yeah. There was a theory that the only thing that Scotland te- Scottish television ever made was was Taggart, mm-hmm. and of course Taggart was on the ITV. Yeah. And uh, but he was the later lead, wasn't he? Alan? Yes. Yeah, he took over as uh, as Taggart, and it is. For a Taggart, Taggart's not a series I ever watched, mm. but I still think it is the the definitive Scottish crime series. Mm. You know, it's kind of, uh, it's second to none mm. in that one. I mean, yeah, because I was, oh yeah, what, what I was going to say is like, I'm a massive fan of the, the Rebus novels written by mm. Ian Rankin, and mm. Rebus is a detective in Edinburgh, and you know, Mm. That's kind of I'm currently reading the is it the twenty sixth or the twenty seventh book. Right. And once he found his stride, they're fantastic mm. stories, great characters. Mm. And I just can't bring myself to watch the T V series. The, right. the, the idea that, that John Hanna was this mm. world weary, mm. kind of hefty detective in Edinburgh just seemed mm. wrong. And Ken Stop took over for the other mm. series the original plan was peter mullen but even peter mullen who i you know i loved to death in uh in things he just kind of mm. never yeah i just he wouldn't be i think possibly well, ken yeah. stott has a role very much in your cheating heart that is not is the antithesis <laughs> of rebus but interestingly enough having seen him as rebus on television and he also I think he did a series called messiah yeah uh I, I, the john Hanna thing doesn't work for me but but certainly Ken Stott is now, whenever there's any kind of doer detective in a book I'm reading, because I read quite <laughs> yeah. a lot of Mark Billingham's mm. books, yeah. and Tom Thorne, in my head, is still Ken Stott as Rebus, yeah. <laughs> even though he's supposed to be a London detective. It's still... Yeah. Well, I, the, the face that I see in my head is Ken Stott, so, you know, yeah. it's... It, it, yeah. Horses for courses. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I mean, also, another one possibly not that well known in in England is Paul Young who is, uh, oh, right. who is Hamish now ah. pa- Paul Young we'll, we'll come up with Paul Young in a minute because he appeared in Sunset Song which was mm. the kind of uh, the, 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 the other one which I think we should uh, mm. we should have a little discussion about mm. but Paul Young is, is yet another man who went on to appear in uh, Steel Game 
Right. Okay. I see him in. It's those. It's it's funny. His these sticky out ears, which I know you shouldn't just pick up on somebody's. Uh, <laughs> but he he's, he's a very distinctive looking actor. Is, yeah. You know, but he does seem to have been in a lot of stuff over the yeah. years. You know, and he. Uh... Latterly appeared in uh, in Still Game as uh, Chuck hmm. and right. obviously made a, a fair old joke about his hearing in that one. Uh, hmm. But he also uh, appeared in Sunset Song back in right. back in the uh, nineteen seventy one, which was the first big Scottish series that they uh, ah. uh, they kind of they made on television. And he's a young right. man in that, and his ears. Don't stick out quite as much, but you go, right. I know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> There's not actually much information about Sunset Song out there, so tell me a bit about Sunset yeah, Song. Yeah, Sunset Song is based on a novel by Lewis Grassic Gibbon, mm. who was a writer uh, in the kind of the first half of the, the 20th century. Uh, he's mm. based up in the, the northeast of Scotland, and his, his novels are all set there in amongst the mm. uh, the kind of farming communities. So right. back in yeah, nineteen seventy one they decided to film Sunset Song. And uh, I mean it's interesting that, you know, the of the the programmes that we're uh, we're talking about here, mm. uh, Crow Road and Sunset Song, both based on novels, you know, they're not kind of totally right. mm. uh, totally original work well there's a there's a rich theme of scottish literature yeah. isn't there i mean that's mm-hmm. the thing i mean you know even you know all these master of ballantrays and things yeah. you know i mean mm-hmm. and uh, robert louis stevenson and everything like yeah. this there's a lot of this kind of uh, it's scots based drama exists in the world yes. mm-hmm. uh, or scots based literature yeah. mm-hmm. exists in the world and and it's been a rich theme for scottish television yes. to, mm-hmm to sort of mine as it yeah, were that's it kind of hand, hands off our stories we're going to make these ourselves well and you know cultural appropriation yeah. these days why why ever not yeah. certainly i mean the, i think the problem really comes it's actually when you know people just expect the hint of tartan don't they, yes. they don't expect everybody mm. to be knocking back the whiskey and everything <laughs> like that and actually i think the difficulty sometimes comes i mean bbc wales is now allowed to make television for the entire network yeah and not necessarily set in Wales, but yeah. for some reason, mm-hmm. Scottish television still makes <laughs> programmes largely set in Scotland. Yeah. So, yeah, so Sunset Song, based in the farming communities up in uh, in Aberdeenshire, mm. and there's uh, Chris Guthrie, who is the, mm. the main character. She's a young woman right. growing up, and uh, she's torn between like uh, being a teacher and going to university and stuff like that, or... Mm living in this rough farming community and it's about like right our background so mm. uh yeah six episodes 1971 and mm. you know i i watched it and thoroughly enjoyed it. again it's quite a it's quite a modern you know considering when it was mm. written and written by a man it really makes a lot of her dilemma and her mixed mm. feelings so it's quite a feminine point of view that the mm. thing is made for and mm. you know a whole raft of uh, your scottish actors mm. in there the inevitable mm-hmm. john grieve and alex mcavoy uh, mm. roddy mcmillan uh mm. uh and these are like when i was growing up in the kind of in the 70s in scotland i was like uh, getting mm. into my into my teens then these were the mm. people i saw in scottish drama these were the people that i thought right. as uh as kind of 
mm. great actor, you know, as mm. as kind of actor. So it's well, it's well worth, you know, having a yeah. look at. It's there's a kind of a bit of a kind of uh, the production values aren't great on it because it's like it's mm. kind of studio filmed mm. in the mm. uh, and but the actual, you know, the the casting and the acting and the the mm. actual story are. Mm. are quite fantastic so it's kind of mm. well worth digging out on were you were you as a, as a as a young person living in scotland mm. were you conscious of i mean we, there's a lot of talk these days about representation yeah and there's a lot of talk about people need to see their own life reflected on yeah. on television when they watch it were you actually very aware of Scotland on television when you were growing up. Did you watch things because they were? Yes, set in I, I think you know, if it right. was if it was based in Scotland, then mm. there was a, a natural feeling mm. that you would go and, and have a look mm. at it. I remember a discussion on a similar theme about uh, mm. why Scottish writers do well, mm. and it was kind of felt that if a novel was published in Scotland, it would sell the same as anything in the UK, but in Scotland mm. there was a kind mm. of loyalty and it would sell extra right. well there and that would mm. kind of translate into mm. you know, push it up the, uh, the kind of... The... Did you tend to suffer a bit from that and now for your own programmes in your region? Oh, yes. Did that happen a lot? Yeah. So would a lot of these shows have been on in times when they might not have been seen on the wider? Yeah, or... I mean there was, there were always the kind of uh, the comedy programmes you kind mm. of... Uh, we would have the dreaded White Heather Club. Yes. And yeah. the song. <laughs> but I mean, did it, were there shows that you remember from you were growing up that you come down into England and no one's ever heard of that were all over oh, Scottish yeah. television? Didn't we have the uh, the Glen Michael conversation about uh, Calamero? We did at one point. Oh, <laughs> yes, the injustice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, will mean something to uh, Scottish people aged between 50 yeah. and 70. And probably in mm. the rest of the UK will get your complete... Mm blank yeah uh, i don't know okay. who, who did your uh your cartoon program in england there must have been one you know where you get... uh, i think it's somebody we can no longer mention <laughs> now <laughs> which it tends to be of, of that era but yes mm. there, there were programs that where the, the cartoons were linked by a a, a person yes yeah, sat in a studio and uh do that mm. and there were also scottish music programs as well mm. uh mm. various kind of singing the Corries would have their own series right. of kind of mm. half hour programs and Aye. Moira and so they didn't do a special version of Top of the Muck Pops no we, yeah we, we got Top of the Pops but we yeah. also did these uh... I mean that's the thing I know you obviously there was the national network yeah. but but Scottish television has always felt like it exists in its own yeah sort of bubble, and really. it, yeah there was that kind of uh, things like you know the, the football didn't go on as long because we didn't get match mm. of the day there were less things to show mm. so you'd have an extra half hour of programming when you could stick mm. in your own things and things mm. would get shown at different was there ever a sense of slight disappointment that when you saw that things had been because i presume uh, did they switch out for the adverts or did, did you get advertised stuff that then didn't actually turn <laughs> oh, up no, because yeah, you, went, we, we don't, we don't you had own, your own programs yeah, scottish television would sell their own advertising so mm. oh, yeah we would, we'd have shaken back like the rest of you <laughs> <laughs> no i i just really wanted the trailers you know because sometimes yeah. the, certainly the bbc would push a show for weeks yeah and then you'd find mm. out that it wasn't actually being shown in Scotland or, yeah. or it was going to be shown at three <laughs> in the morning or something. Like yeah, that. I think we, we generally anything big 
would make its way up, just, but just yeah. possibly not at such a convenient time. You know, mm. they might kind of uh, bump it into the. Because uh, I've I've been watching recently another Scottish theme. I've been watching Sutherland's Law with uh, Ian oh, Cuthbertson. Yeah. I've been watching the the first series of that, or what's left of the first series of that, which again dates from more or less the same time as uh, what we've just been talking about. And it's it's interesting to me that. That's sort of kicked off, I think, 73, 70, you know, went, had about five years of it and everything like that. But that is one of those studio-based dramas, but with location stuff. Yeah. Quite a lot of it filmed, I think, around the Isle of Jura, I believe. Right, okay. Or or the Bay of Jura, or yeah. where the, the little, uh, was it Caledonian ferries or whatever? Calmite. They were, you, you, Calmite, you're going across cost of the various islands yeah. and things. About, so, again, all about the Scottish legal system, you yeah. know, the old... Uh, Procurator fiscal and all that kind of thing, and, and his various assistants. And your, and your, and your um, not proven verdict. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, I, so it's a bit, there. Are, there are parts of it that are a bit like um, Crown Court. There's, there's not Crown. Yes, Crown Court. And there's a lot of um, finding an excuse to make them climb a mountain in one episode, yeah. which I just think. So you, you get Ian Cuthbertson and uh, Gareth Thomas climbing their local mountain uh, in great peril <laughs> to prove a point. Uh, and, yeah. you know, it, it's all, it, it, it's making the most of the scenery, but it, that seems to be like the sort of Scottish television that's being created for the national yes. rather than yes. for the local market. It's, it's actually, in some ways, it feels like a series that's trying to show off Scotland yes. to the world. Yeah, I suppose uh, like Hamish Macbeth, like... Hmm. Uh, Shetland and mm. uh, various other ones. I mean, this Monarch of the Glen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These shows that are supposedly set in Scotland or or try and be, shall we say, they're not necessarily representative of the Scotland you know. This this idea no. of Scotland. Do yeah. you, do you feel annoyed or or uncomfortable around those? I mean, were you a fan of Hamish Macbeth or Monarch of the yeah, Glen? Did you never, watch either? I watched any of those. No, that, that right. yeah, that okay. always that's kind of that's mm. a kind of a Brigadoon type view of uh, mm. uh, the the local villages are all a bit sort of local yeah it's and very parochial and and everything oh, oh those big machinery things don't really uh, make sense to us and no, oh aren't we it's sort never, of simple simple <laughs> scottish fishing folk it's, it's never been better than uh, the wicker man you know <laughs> mm. no fair or, enough, uh, scottish know. people just like not being uh, particularly mm. uh uh, helpful. But, I mean, how do you feel as, as a obviously? You're not a lapsed Scotsman. You are a Scotsman to the core, obviously, yeah. but you don't live there anymore. No. But how do you actually feel about representations of Scottish people on British television, specifically? Yeah, I think it's there's that thing with the the, the Scottish voice being a, a trusted voice because mm. uh, it's a bit harder to mm. to place kind of class on somebody. I think. Mm. Uh, so. I'm always intrigued by things because occasionally shows like um, oh, I don't know, the ITC shows like the Persuaders or the, go on, would go off and have a Scottish episode, usually involving the Loch Ness monster yeah. for some bizarre reason <laughs> that we never really quite get to the bottom of. But it's because but those those Scottish cliches that feature yeah. quite heavily in a lot of those things. Um, I, I the one I know it's not about Scotland. It, 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 there's always these episodes of uh, Murder She Wrote set in Ireland <laughs> and how, and this idea of it's, it's obviously a, a, a part of Ireland that looks just like 
California. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's basically somewhere with a bit few green fields and a slightly old looking house and a couple of shacks. Yeah. And it's this idea that people are still living in stone huts <laughs> somehow and, and I don't know, knitting their own muesli or whatever it is, yeah. you know, and sort of, and all, all talking about porridge and whiskey all the time and all this kind of thing. It, once you start to fall into the cliches, especially in American uh, representations of Scotland, I mean, you all would have bagpipes, I think. Yes. You know, no matter what you, when you go before you go to bed. Have you ever played a bagpipes? And do you before you go to bed at night? Do you do a quick uh, Highland reel? Yeah, do you, you do dance the sword dance? And, I mean, do you prance around the house in your kilt? Yeah, I, I can't see a half. No. <laughs> so, like, is the idea of Scotland that you get from television? Is it something you recognise, or, or or is it? sort of the romantic side of, of Scottish it, television. Yeah, I'm, I'm much more happy with the kind of uh, the more realistic thing, mm. you know. Yeah, st st still games more uh, where, where I grew up rather than uh, right. <laughs> uh, kind of something like that, yeah. I think that's mm. where my... Uh, but, I mean, there has been a lot. I, mean, I, I don't know. I mean, again, we talk about there was a time when people used to say that all of... British television or British television drama and comedy seem to be set in the home counties. Yeah. And that was kind of addressed over the, the years. Mm. But Scotland did, did seem to have a pretty good representation in all these in these kinds of things yeah. compared to, to certain areas, you know. That, yeah. I mean, you don't, you know, apart from Rutland weekend television, you don't get much, you <laughs> know. I mean, you get Boone for the Midlands. <laughs> we got obviously a couple of, you know, we got Coronation Street. I mean, you did, of course, in Scotland have Take the High Road for many a long year. Yes, I think, I think, you, it's, still, I you, think it's still there. I think it's still there, right? Sure, okay. we, sure have have you put have you partaken in taking the high road? No, well, strangely, here, here's another uh, uh, dust or brush with fame. The uh, okay, the school they use in take the high road when they have to film mm -hmm. things in schools is actually my old school. <laughs> wow. We can see your initials yeah. carved. Spray <laughs> you can see that Spray mark in the toilet on the wall. <laughs> uh, so that must be peculiar. Surely that that must strike you as odd. I mean, somewhere you've not been in fifty years. Yeah, that, well, it would. That, it would have to. That, it would have to assume that I'd actually watched it. You know. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, fair enough. But yeah, I, th I think I have to take the high road. Oh, did it finish in two thousand and three? There we go. Off. off. No. I've obviously dropped off. It's now sort of River City is now the uh, ah, okay. is now a Scottish soap. Soap. That, okay. uh, that... Is that made again for the Scottish market? Yeah, very much so. Mm. Uh, mm. But I mean, yeah. But I mean, if, if, about... if you think on it, uh, Emmerdale yeah. used to be very much a kind of uh, northern thing, didn't it? Or Emmerdale. Oh Bar, yes, you know, York, York. and Coronation Street, of course, you in Manchester. But that's what I'm saying. It, Brookside was Liverpool and all this kind of thing, but it's kind of like there are areas of the country that have no representation. But I just feel that Scotland generally turned up in a lot more dramas than some other areas of mm. the country, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, apart from the, the soaps, you know. But. Yeah. And obviously, there's, there's quite a lot of uh, thinking on it. You know, the, the, the Scottish mm. thing used to be uh, kind of Glasgow, Edinburgh, particularly Edinburgh. Yeah. Or the highlands and there were no mm. uh it's quite there's now the alibi tv which seems to mm. make a few things up in scotland they've got a few mm. uh val mcdermott things mm. that i get that right are filmed up there which mm. you know take you to something that isn't 
mm. isn't Glasgow, isn't Edinburgh, mm. Uh, mm. and isn't Tuchterland. Mm. And isn't, isn't Loch Ness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So. Do the islands get more represented? I mean, there was a, always this thing, wasn't there, where the, the view of a place you always get either was from the travel programmes or from the cities. I mean, it's yeah. this whole idea in other countries that England is, is London and London is England and, and Wales is a town somewhere in London, yeah. you know, or near London or, or a town somewhere in England. And, and it's the sort of international view of of Scotland, you know, is a different thing to yeah. actually having grown up there, yeah. you know. That's mm -hmm. uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, it's, we, we should also mention that uh, the Sanjeev Kohli programme that we both watched the other... Uh, Indeed. Uh, well, I watched on your recommendation, yes. Yeah. Uh, was Like Us, which, is that what Yeah, it's Was Like Us. Was Like Here's Us. Here's to us and Was Like Us. No many, and most of mm. them are dead. <laughs> As mm. in, Here's to us and those who are like us. There's not many like us, and most of them are dead. That's your, uh, your, your English no, translation. translation. And, and it was yeah, it was about the kind of uh, uh, the depiction of Scotland mm. on uh, on film. mostly on mostly film, on film. But... Bit, bits yeah. of TV. So mm. and yeah, and that kind of you know to a certain extent we've we've touched on it here because it is it mm. is Scotland the. Uh, you know the Highlands and Islands. Mm. Uh, is it the the wily the wily Islanders of the mm. the Ealing comedies, or mm. is it the kind of uh, the the mean streets of Glasgow and Edinburgh mm. and which ones? Right, and it's you know mm. it's all of these and more. You know, there's a real mm. kind of uh, mixture of kind of uh, things that are uh, that are true of it, uh, mm. and it's not yeah, it's not a single. Mm. You know, you can't sum up a kind of a country of that size with well, no, with, obviously, with, I mean, with five million people on it. Yeah, but culturally, places are, you know, there are as many different opinions and ideas. I mean, basically, apart from a dislike of the English, <laughs> which is the running constant uh, throughout the whole. Yes, thing, you know. but of course, they did touch very briefly on um, there were two things in that show, which was uh, Culloden, the 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 oh, uh, Peter Watkins. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. film which uh, again is an astonishing piece of work and also uh, dear old Jamie McCrimmon in Doctor Who you know he, yeah. he got a mention <laughs> he got a nod that's Fraser Hines yes who does at least have some Scottish roots yeah. to, mm -hmm. to he's, how, what do you feel generally about people's Scottish accents who aren't Scottish yeah it's it's something people in Scotland are always very uh, ultra ultra ultra, yeah. ultra sensitive about mm. uh i mean going back to uh the wonderful emma thompson in uh, mm. tutti frutti you know mm. having a scottish mother obviously did her mm. uh, uh did her a world of good in being able to mm. uh, to remake it but yeah it's one of these like how authentic can you get um mm. you can always tell is that is that basically what you're saying to me yeah <laughs> i think you know, I, I think people are much better at accents than the than they used mm. to be the kind of you know you'll get well there was always that thing wasn't there actors can do scottish can do accents can do scottish can do irish and you think mm. but there was always this kind of it was this home county's idea of scottish yeah. and irish mm -hmm. and welsh and all this kind of thing and yeah. i just think it is interesting nowadays because things are more authentic mm. aren't they you know it's um... but yeah i mean you're, you see a scottish accent but you know well what, what is, is that? it yes is, is it is it kind yeah. of uh, is it kind of glasgow is it edinburgh uh, mm. 
go up to that. No, it's basically John Laurie. Yes, John Laurie. It's John Laurie. Sh- That's it. It's basically saying... classically trained actor, John Laurie. <laughs> um, uh, what am I doing this rubbish for? <laughs> uh, Actually, funny enough, watching that the, that documentary, it was it it was fascinating how many films he'd been in in the 30s and 40s yes. he, he was really a proper film yeah. star john john and, Murray, he, and he never looked young did he <laughs> uh, well I, I actually think there's a whole generation of actors who never all of them there's something about the post-war well the, the between the wars generation is they all seem to be born about looking about 40 yeah. and then stayed looking like that for about 50 <laughs> years and then basically got white hair, you know. Yeah. It, it was it was fascinating, really, just just seeing how versatile he was. Yeah. I mean, I know that uh, in well, you talked about the fact that uh, you, I know where I'm going is it was one of your father's yes. uh, mm-hmm. favourites, but uh, his credit on that is mostly about arranging the Scottish dancing, <laughs> which is kind of although he does appear in the film. Yeah, so yeah, and the, and the other. Well, another person that cropped up in that one was Duncan McRae, who, as I remember, mm. you know, you may remember from some of the Ealing comedies. You know, he used to mm. be the kind of uh, the guy in that one. Oh, sorry, mm. I've just given myself a fright. I've just looked at the picture of John Laurie on the Internet Movie Database. I do, I do, ah. I do recommend you have a look at that. Because <laughs> <laughs> having said he never looked young, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps he looked about 40 at one point. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but there we go. So he's. Uh... It's not. It's not the one with him dressed in the in the jester's outfit, is it? Uh, no, he's got he's, he's some beads on or something like that. Some, some kind of Shakespearean oh, okay. type costume. But yeah, he's very good. Yes. Is it so? Are are there any uh, Scottish actors that are sort of heroes of the Scots? I mean, do you? I know. I know. Obviously, Sean Connery was sort of up there for a very long time. Yeah. But I mean, are, do you the, the the Bill Pattersons and and the John Lorries and everything are are they still lauded by the yes. Scottish? Yes. Yeah, people? I think the the, the Scottish uh, local boy done yes, good kind of is always that. Mm. So just don't don't lose your accent mm. too much you know mm. is the uh you know when you speak when you're speaking normally because you're, you're seen as having kind of sold out then to the ah uh, the, the well, so david tennant did his doctor who was sort of vaguely mockney didn't he yeah and then, uh, he did. but, but capaldi didn't yes <laughs> yeah i like uh i mean there's peter capaldi another person with a you know you were saying about the uh uh, the background. He, mm. I'm sure Peter Capaldi is a Glasgow School of Art person, who, 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 is, who yes, I remember I being, right. being in the Dream Boys. He was yes, a, and, a musician. Yes, Bella Lugosi's birthday it was, his, <laughs> uh, was their big their big single. <laughs> so well, there you go. Good. You see, and uh, uh, it's what one what one where was. Is lesser known films that's uh, that's worth mm. checking out is the Lair of the White mm. Worm. Yeah. Oh, and I like the Lair of the White Worm. Uh, that, that's, uh, yes, for for many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a, very a man, good. Amanda Donahue mm. being a number of them. <laughs> indeed. Yes. Indeed. Uh, of course, he also turns up in Local Hero and and yeah. and, and films of that ilk as well. So if you want to, want to see young Peter Capaldi, it's uh, there are he, he has had an incredibly long career. Yeah. I was funny enough I was just watching this very morning I was watching In the Loop. So Oh 
Right. Which is the uh, the, uh, the again? I don't know quite <laughs> what they did for Scotland's reputation in the corridors of power. The, uh, the <laughs> Scottish characters in in uh, the thick of it. Yeah, but... <laughs> as, as as they bring in a character even swearier than him. <laughs> <laughs> so all in all, are you quite happy with with Scotish television? I mean, do you do you enjoy it? Scotland, Scottish yes. made television. Yeah, yeah, I was kind of asked all look fondly on uh, on kind of Scottish television. Mm. I will I will judge it harshly as well, you know. It's kind of mm. uh, if I feel it's kind of uh, pandering to the the kind of uh, the shortbread tin stereotype. Yes. Indeed. Be, uh, yeah. And have you ever seen the Loch Ness monster real or imagined at all? No. No, I'm I'm always reminded about. I mean, do, you, do you still? I mean, do you still imagine there are lots of teams of American researchers out there looking yeah. and sort of coming up? Because they always they always turns up. Oh, it always turns out to be a submarine or mm. something in these things. Yes, <laughs> I'd I'd like to think that you know if I did go and look for it, then it would be there. Quite right. I've I've driven along the long length of Long Loch Ness, but I was doing about forty miles an hour in a a Ford Fiesta, so. Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not. I'm not surprised it didn't come out and look for me. No, indeed, indeed. Fair enough. And of course, back in the day, there was a fair few things that were claiming to be set in Scotland. Not least the uh, the Nightmare Man, uh, which was filmed in Cornwall, and and I believe Doctor Who's uh, Scottish Adventure was filmed somewhere in the home counties. So <laughs> there's a lot of work to be done to track down genuine Scottish location work. But when yeah. you see it, it mm. is incredibly spectacular and marvellous so, so thank you very much for chatting today about Scottish dramas thank you very much Martin always a pleasure to talk to you and I'll see you again soon cheers Martin Andy McGregor for joining me to talk about all of that lovely Scottish television today and giving us an insider's view of some excellent programmes. Anyway, that's the end of yet another edition of Vision on Sound, so I've just got time to give my traditional nod of thanks to everyone at Fab Radio International for everything that they do to keep the show going, and of course my thanks go out to each and every one of you for listening. As ever, I have been Martin, and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now, and take care. <laughs>